And welcome back to the Fantasy Oddscast. I have the utmost pleasure with me with my co-host of this podcast, Jake Perry. You can follow him on Twitter, Jake Perry 34 You can follow me on Twitter, AJDeci4. We have a special guest in the house, Kyle Anderson. You follow him, but at, he will share. At Kyle and Herson. Uh, I don't, I'm not that fun on Twitter, but you can follow me. I try to be a little bit more active now, now that I'm podcasting. <laughs> yeah, great to have you, man. We're excited to talk to fantasy football, some overreaches, some underreaches in the draft. But Jake, take it away, man. What do you got for us in this uh, episode of the Fantasy Odds Cast? Yeah, man. So obviously, AJ, great to be back. Kyle, uh, great to have you as always. Kyle and I just started another podcast. You guys can check it out on YouTube called Two Average Husbands. Um, we'll, uh, in the, when we post the, uh, the clip and the, uh, this podcast on Twitter, we'll tag everybody. We'll, we'll throw all the ads in there. Um, but, you know, um, I, liked, I wanted to bring Kyle on just because Kyle's a little bit newer to the fantasy scene. Um, this is probably only like his second year really doing yeah, it. This is my third year. Um, somewhat yep. seriously. Yep. Third year? Yeah. So I've been, obviously, I've been doing fantasy stuff for the past 14 years, basically like back when people would hand calculate fantasy football stuff. Um, so, you know, fantasy is something that I've been around for a while, but I really wanted to talk about draft strategies this week. Cause Kyle, I mean, obviously like last year for you, I definitely helped you out a ton yeah. with the draft. So I think our draft strategies are more yeah. similar, but um, I've, I noticed a staunch difference in doing redraft the redraft leagues with you, um, how you draft in that compared to how you draft in the dynasty format. So I want well, yeah, you, that was the funny you know, thing for both are, of us, right? Cause we, we, this is, I don't know how many times you've done dynasty, I guess. I think this is one of your first in like the actual dynasty leagues too. This, this is my third dynasty league. So, uh, one of them didn't last too long. It only lasted like two or three yeah. seasons before it was down to like two people and we just, we just killed it. Um, and then, but I've, I'm in another dynasty league that I've been doing for the past seven years. So that one's been pretty longstanding. So, yeah, um, I know, you know, I, I, I talked about it right after we drafted this league and we're like holy crap man we did it wrong all just wrong all the way across the board (laughs) so i don't i don't necessarily think it was wrong i don't think a lot of people in our league had done two quarterback leagues or super flex leagues before so for those who aren't aware we have a um here at the fantasy odds cast uh i started a a 10 team super flex uh tight end premium dynasty league um, currently 10 teams, maybe we'll do an expansion draft at some point, um, you know, in a few years down the road, if we want to bump it up and, you know, mix things up a little bit. Um, but, you know, being that it's a super flex draft. So I've done a ton of super flex mocks. I've done a ton of super flex leagues before, and it's a very quarterback heavy league because you have that second flex spot that can play a quarterback position. Yeah. Quarterbacks just naturally are higher scores just based off of what their position allows. Like you're almost always better off having a super flex quarterback than a super flex running back or wide receiver. Cause I mean, we could probably all vouch for those games where we throw somebody in the lineup thinking they're going to, you know, hammer it. I know AJ, you kind of felt that way last year with D hop, you know, DeAndre Hopkins had a couple down games here and there, you know, I've had running backs where, you know, I'm like, oh, this is a smash spot. And they put up 31 yards on 20 carries. Dude, Will and Fuller is like the prime example of that every season mm-hmm. too, man. You get Will Fuller that comes out and does nothing like pretty average all game, like every game of the season. Then all of a sudden he's got that 30, 35. Well, except game. for, Hey, last, last year, he was like a, a, high team point per game player he was going off last year once he finally got but even yeah, then but like he, he had a game one game that's like 40 points he, you know <laughs> he had he had like a pure zero game like calvin ridley was a top 10 fantasy receiver last year he had a zero point game like it just happens but a quarterback quarterbacks almost have like a 10 to 15 point floor where you're always going to get some points out of them so if you look at like the first round of our draft i think i took a quarterback I think it was, I took Mahomes. I think somebody took Kyler and I know Logan. Our, yeah. Yeah. I, I'll pull it up. And I think Logan pulled Josh Allen right there at the turn. 
but every other super flex league that I've done mock drafts for, um, you can check out uh, the fantasy Buffalo on Twitter. He's a guy who posts them every Friday. We do uh, startup uh, super flex drafts and the first seven, like seven of the first 12 picks are almost always quarterbacks. Um, just with, you know, the importance of a yeah. super flex league, like you need it. Um, whereas just in our league, like we didn't necessarily, it didn't turn out that way. Um, I'm trying to pull it up here. One second. And I know uh, there we go. So draft results. Post our, uh, our draft or our trades on your guys' Twitter as well for this podcast, which is going to be fun watching that. Unfold. Yeah, that's going to be hella, that's going to be hella fun, dude. What is it? A, a full seven round draft? Well, uh, no. So that's something else. So that's the full yeah, seven but... round mock draft that Kyle's Kyle's part of that with me and a couple yep. other guys. Um, couple one, uh, two guys who I, I went to high school with. Well, I don't actually know if I went to high school with the second guy, but he went to the same high school as I did a few years later. Um, and then a guy I went to college with, um, but yeah. So like, if you look at our draft order, I took Mahomes at the one Oh three, Hugo took Kyler at the one Oh eight. And then Logan took Josh Allen at the turn. But if you think about like those positionally, like even if we're looking at the first 12 overall picks, there were three quarterbacks taking, whereas most super flex leagues that I'm doing, it's seven to eight quarterbacks that are taken off the board right away. So you know, our, our league definitely approached. And I, again, I think it is due to a lot of the guys being newer to, to the field. Um, hundred percent, but like you look at that and that's just like completely, that's a very, our draft looks like a redraft league. Like there's a good, there's a couple people who, who stretch quote unquote for quarterback early. Like, so my thought process with drafts is like, especially with dynasty super flex to quarterback, you can go quarterback early. You could go quarterback twice early and it's really not that big of a deal because they're such high scores for you. Like in uh, the two quarterback that, uh, so you guys are in Ryan's in the, the dynasty league with us. I'm yeah. in another league with him last year. There was two quarterback. There was a guy whose first two picks were Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. And I'm like laughing at him, but then it like clicked in my head at like round eight in that draft. I'm like, it's a two quarterback league. He's going to kick my ass every week. And sure enough, that guy ended up being like one of the higher scores in the league, but like our, in redraft, I'm definitely a running back early kind of guy. Um, so yeah, I 100%. last year was actually the earliest I've ever taken a quarterback in a redraft league when I took Lamar in the third of our league, Kyle, the league that I run. Um, I took Lamar in the third, and that was insane for me. Typically, I don't look at quarterbacks to like round five in redraft yeah. because especially our league's a one quarterback league. So you only got to start one quarterback. Like you're going like you're you going can stream pretty much every yeah. week. Yeah, like you can stream a quarterback every week and you're pretty much fine. So for me, I tend to go running back heavy early. Um, and then I have I like the middle tier of wide receivers. That's kind of where I've always preferred to be. Um, so like in our league, Kyle, I had Calvin Ridley, who was like I took him in like the fifth round and he ended up being, you know, a top 10 wide receiver. Uh, Robbie Anderson, a guy we he fell all the way to like the 10th. Yeah. You know, Stefan Diggs fell to like this eighth or ninth round in our league and he ended up wide receiver three. Yep. Like, I feel like the wide receivers are more hit and miss. Whereas with the running backs, like for me anyway, like I much prefer to have higher tier running backs than higher tier wide receivers. Yeah. I'll let you guys talk now, but like, that's just my big, that's like how I look at redraft. So I'll redraft specifically, like how, what do you guys target? Yeah, dude, I'll go first a little bit here. Cause like you said, my first year taking fantasy seriously, right. I kind of went from somebody that watched like Dallas Cowboys football and Iowa Hawkeye football and nothing else. Like I didn't care to really like dabble in any other teams cause I wasn't playing fantasy. So there's no real point for me to just sit there and watch every NFL game on a Sunday, right. Or a Thursday or whatever. And so when I finally got into fantasy, it like quickly rapidly, you know, turned into, I've got three screens up. 
I'm playing video games and watching three different football games at the same time, you know, because I'm trying to uh, get really involved in fantasy. So that happened really quickly. But uh, that first year, I was playing with Jake, basically. I'm, like, hitting him up ahead of time. I'm like, hey, dude, I got into this fantasy league. Like, Jake and I have been friends for for quite a few years already at this time. And I'm like, hey, dude, I'm going to need some help on this because I have no idea what I'm doing, right? Like, I know my Dallas players, and that's about it. And then guys that are coming out of the rookie draft from Iowa. And he's like, yeah, dude, no worries. Like, and so I'm sitting with him. I'm, like, at fucking Home Depot where, uh, like, my wife is plant shopping. And I'm just, like, pushing the cart and drafting at the same time while, like, also texting Jake. And he basically did my entire draft for me because I just didn't know what was going on. Uh, and I did actually pretty decent in that league that first year. And then uh, since then, I've like split off and did enough research to do it on my own. But in redraft specifically, uh, that like you said, I kind of adapted that from you now to the point where I'm like running back, running back instantly uh, going load up heavy on the running backs. Because even if, you know, you have one that gets injured, first of all, you have a backup, but also you have a lot of trading power at the running back position to uh, make the trades in a redraft league later. So uh and you said it's so unpredictable with your wide receivers like you it's just not that easy like you know who's going to be good you just don't know who's going to be the best and so uh, i'll draft a couple running backs grab a couple receivers probably and then i'll look for a quarterback in probably the fifth or sixth round yeah and you know for me too um like like you said you know it's that running back running back early especially pretty much i i've never played in a dynasty or in a fantasy league in general that didn't either have two running backs or at least a running back in a flex or two Yep. So you, if you get, if you're getting two of those top tier running backs, so like, if you look at our draft, like, so uh, somebody started running back, running back, and they went Saquon and Zeke. Like if you have those two guys in your lineup, those are both guys with 20 to 30 point a week potential. Like Zeke obviously wasn't so great down the stretch last year, but I think a lot of that was Dallas's offensive line got super hurt. Not having yep. Dak obviously hurts, yep. hurts that offense a lot, but like, that right there that's 40 points especially in a yeah. ppr league like both like if you get pass catching backs early like Dude, the i think for me though in that in that position is the trading power yeah like true. if i have saquon and zeke i can trade off either one of them at a pretty high value throughout I the get season a first round pick out of it yeah yeah, yeah what that's i where i care man yeah i mean what i did was this is my first ever dynasty league so really excited for it man i, I didn't really like you know target a quarterback that that early I mean I have Tom Brady um, Cam Newton and Baker Mayfield I think Baker Mayfield is going to be that guy that actually gets me the most points I mean I don't know what Tom Brady is going to do this year but I mean like I agree with y'all I mean like I'm not I'm not that guy that's going to get a quarterback early in the first round I mean like unless it was like Patrick Mahomes Josh Allen or something like that maybe Deshaun Watson a guy like Russell Wilson maybe sure but like I kind of went um quarterback light and then I went running back heavy and tight end heavy I got Darren Waller um, I got Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb wasn't the guy that I wanted. I wanted Saquon Barkley when I left two two picks early. I was I was hoping that because of his injury, um, I could have gotten him at eight or nine. I think my pick was eight. Yeah, it was eight. So no, wait, nine. So if I got him at nine, then I turned around and got um, Devontae Adams with my um, mm-hmm. uh, pick after the ninth overall pick. I think it was the eleventh pick after Logan's pick. So I ended up getting mm-hmm. Devontae Adams. So I mean, y- you know, like. I don't necessarily envy the people that go quarterback early, but like at the same time, if you just got a quarterback that that you can get in the fourth or fifth round and then stack up your wide receiver and running back spots with like say Tay Adams and Nick Chubb, I mean, it, it ends up like pretty well for you, but I mean, Nick Chubb wasn't the guy that I wanted. I mean, me and me and Jake talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I really want to Saquon Barkley because like if Wayne Gallman can average four yards a carry, imagine what Saquon Barkley can do. Yep. Oh yeah. No, I, I was saying that all year, like people are coming back and they're like, 
Saquon, he's coming off an ACL, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yes, okay, he's coming off a torn ACL. We've seen running backs come back from a torn ACL and be super successful. Like some of them, are, some of them don't come back the same. And Adrian Peterson, he, I, the year that everybody, he came off a torn ACL, everybody faded him in the draft. I got him in like the fourth round and he put up 2,000 yards. Like it's, it's possible. Obviously, you know, there's freak athletes like AP, but Saquon's a freak athlete. Like everything that he does is better than Wayne Gallman. He's better than every running back that's on that roster. And Gallman was putting up like 20 points in multiple different weeks last year. Like I was really hoping that he would fall all the way to me. Obviously with you would have have taken him at one Oh nine, that wouldn't have happened. But like for me, (coughs) excuse me. um, Like, so I went Mahomes with my first pick again, knowing that it was a super flex league. Maybe that was an advantage for me and a couple other guys that I knew had done those leagues before, but I went uh, Mahomes early. And then I took my second running or my first running back that I took was DeAndre Swift. Um, maybe a little bit of a stretch, um, but especially in dynasty, like him being a younger guy puts his value up there for me. But I, I'm also, this is one thing that I'm definitely more of an ag- advocate from than others. I'm a get your guy type of drafter. If I have guys that I want, I will reach for them over guys that in theory should be placed higher. So like you look at the running backs that went after him, um, you're looking at Zeke, you know, uh, CEH, Akers, Jacobs, those guys went, James Robinson, Aaron Jones, like those guys went after Swift. And it, a lot of people would probably tell you to draft those guys higher. But for me, I just couldn't, like, I wanted my guy. So I went, went uh, DeAndre Swift there. Um, and then my third pick was Stefan Diggs. Again, it was just a value pick. I, I'm not going to pass on that value. And then after that, I went running back, running back, and then I drafted another quarterback. Um and I went, I went Antonio Gibson, Eckler, and then I grabbed Jalen Hurts. I think like for me anyway, like, especially with dynasty, like there's, there's, I'm a, I'm a get your guy type of guy, but I'm also a value guy. So I know Kyle, you'll probably talk about it when you talk about your dynasty team a little bit, but you went, you went more youth heavy. Um, you and I think Joey were probably like the two youngest teams if we were to calc it out. Um, like yeah. you got your guys' teams had a lot of youth on it. And I, I think my team's pretty young as well, but also like, when Julio falls to me in the seventh round, like he's, yes, he had a bad year last year because of the injuries, but he's only 31. I'm not expecting him to be elite for the next six or seven years, but if I get two or three great years out of Julio at round seven. That's, that's a no- perspective that's hard to balance in dynasty, right though? Cause you have to think about the future with dynasty, but also you have to play for the year that you're in. And so you have to find a way to balance. Like, how do I get the talent that I want, but also something that's going to last me more than just one year. Otherwise you're trying to play catch up for the next couple of years and make the right draft picks and trades in order to set yourself up for success going forward in the dynasty draft, which is why it was, it was tough for me, which is like, I I agree with AJ. Like I didn't want to try to, you know, go heavy on a quarterback up front at first. And I'm not totally envious of the people because I built enough youth that I have think has a ton of talent. Like Cam Akers, like you said, you passed on him on the draft. I did not. 100% 100% would not – I grabbed Cam Akers as soon as I saw him. And I did delay. Even then, got, but, like – I got C.D. Lamb prior to him, but – If you look at, like, who I wait – like, who I grabbed instead of Akers, like, it was Swift and Stephon Diggs. Like, it's it's not like I, you know, I, I, I faded you Akers do, for like, somebody else. I watched Akers in the playoffs, and he's got talent, man. Like, I have – Oh, yeah, he's 100% good. faith in Cam Akers. Uh, I was – Lasting talent for several years. If he was there when my Gibson pick was was a yeah. thing, like in that next round, I wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't. It would have been a coin flip. I personally like Gibson a little bit more. I think that Washington will use him in a pass catching role a little bit more than the Rams will use Akers. But we've also seen the Rams offense like 
those years when Gurley was running back one for three or four years there, it's because he was used so frequently in the passing game. But like, like you're saying for you, Kyle, like, even though you didn't go quarterback super early, like you went quarterback. I mean, you got Joe Burrow out of it. You got Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I waited a Drew while Lott, like, <laughs> Joe Burrow though. And I, I can't believe. Yeah. You got him in like the fourth round. Yeah. yeah. That was that. And that value there again, like that's the thing where you have to take advantage of that value when it's there. Like, I think if we were to, if like everybody watched this podcast or if people did, like if more people were like me and do just like random mock drafts all, all week, um, like I think more, I think we, if we redrafted this league, it would look a lot different. Um, yeah. I think there would, we would see more of a quarterback focus early. Um, but again, like, it's not like any of us were like faded quarterback completely. Like I've seen some teams come out where their quarterbacks are like Sam Darnold Haskins. And then like, they get one suit, like bet, like, big Ben, like an old quarterback. And like, that's what they're trying to like, and that long-term may work out for them. They may build up enough talent short, like in the skill positions that long-term that works, but overall, like you're not going to contend for two or three years, but you kind of have to, that's a, and that's another thing that like is dynasty versus redraft, like redraft. You're trying to compete every week, every year, because it's a whole new league the next year. Whereas dynasty, you can kind of, you can play that long game where you're like, I'm not going to win this year, but in a few years, I'm going to contend and I'm going to contend for multiple years. Like I joined a league. Um, it's an infinity stone league. So it kind of goes off of like the, the infinity stones from the Avengers. Um, but basically, so um, you, you have to be the first one to complete the gauntlet. So you have to get all six of the stones. Yep. Um, and so you get stones. So each year uh, one stone is awarded to the champion and one stone is awarded to whoever scores the most points throughout the year. And you have, and you wait until somebody completes the gauntlet fully to be paid out. And so, nice. you know, you, you have fun. leagues like that, or like people call them empire leagues where you have to win two or three years in a row before you get paid out and stuff like that. It's definitely, I definitely see the, the upside of playing that super young long game where you fade old guys completely, or you take old guys when they're at a good value, like Julio right now, you know, I got him at a seventh round value. Who's to say that at the end of this season, because we don't do, we don't, we don't do sacking payouts or anything like that. It's going to pay out every year. Who's to say that, you know, week 11 or 12, if I'm not contending for whatever reason, the contender will send me a first or second round, first round pick and maybe more for Julio. If he's going off like he has in the past, like, well, yeah, dude, yeah, it's all about. And I think that's the one thing that I've really like actually gotten decent at is trying to trade in some of these leagues is even though I don't have like, I, I am able to get a good fair value out of some trades. Like the one that bothers me the most is that he didn't take it, but I tried to trade uh, the second pick of the rookie draft and uh, two nine, I think of the rookie draft plus Blake Jarwin for one, one in the rookie draft. And he turned it down. I'm just like, but I'm, it you breaks got, me, dude. But that that's, that's the value of like in rookie drafts. Like obviously you're new to dynasty. So, and I can, I, every time I send out trade offers, these people are like, how is that even fair? But like, there's like, there's value. Like everybody has the value of what they consider the pick. I probably would have taken your pick, the trade that you sent more than yeah, the dude. trade that Logan sent. Um, like as a, as an owner, like I would much rather give up what you were going to give up for one-on-one than give up Aaron Jones yeah. or not Aaron Jones, give up. Um, he gave up J, uh, James Robinson, the one Oh three. And so like, obviously, you know, but like I've seen leagues where the one-on-one goes for, elite quarterbacks plus very good wide receiver running back combos plus a couple picks like it's obviously like it's it's one of those situations where value is in the eye of the beholder like i what i consider to be value is not what you consider to be value and if it is that's where we meet you know in that middle ground on a trade like aj and i like a lot of people may not 
they look, they might look at the trade that AJ and I made where he sent me Johnny Smith and uh, I want to say it was a third or a fourth. And I sent him Salvin Ahmed and another pick like AJ needed running back depth. I needed tight end depth and we're swapping draft picks. So where he's moving up in the draft. So like that's about it's uh, sorry to interrupt Jake, but like, honestly, I didn't really see Johnny Smith output in new England, you know, and I was thinking about that because, you know, Cam Newton and I think Jared Stidham are the quarterback. So it's just like, I don't know. And then you signed, Kendrick Bourne, another wide receiver, I think it was Nelson Aguilar. Um, and then they signed a Hunter Henry. So, like, I don't I don't know which tight end they're going to pass to the most. I think it's going to be, yeah. like, off the he- off the top of my head, I think it's going to be more Henry than John o. Smith. I think John o. Smith's going to be that that uh, that deep threat tight end guy, and Hunter Henry's going to be that, like, that 10 to 20-yard safety boundary for Cam Newton. So, it's just like, I don't know um, what the value for John o. Smith could be going into this season. So that's why, like, I, I thought this, I think Salvin Ahmed is going to break out the sophomore campaign. I think. He, Dude, that's why I yeah, love I that mean, trade though to the, for the Patriots actually did not the trade, the signing of Hunter Henry for me. Cause I picked up or I traded for Hunter Henry for uh, Tanya and for Henry uh, mm-hmm. right after, or right in the middle of our draft. And I, I love it, man. Yeah. I, I remember Henry got taken and like, so somebody drafted Henry in like the fifth and then Kyle took Tanya and then like round 12 or something yeah, like that. The 11th. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you, you're moving up that much in, like, positional value. Well, I think people like, are just skeptical Tom- because the Chargers didn't know what they were going to do with him. And yeah. to be fair, like, I'd much rather have Justin Herbert throwing to Hunter Henry than Cam Newton. But oh, yeah, I than Cam. it's going to be a great place for him to sit. Okay. Yeah, and, and well, and and that's the fun of, of Dynasty versus Redraft. Like, Dynasty, you have the ability to – you're projecting out time. You're adding draft pick capital to, you know, to the trades. Like, that doesn't happen really in Redraft Leagues. Um, I'm in one Redraft League where we can trade, like, uh, next year's draft picks. Um, but otherwise, um, you know, it's that, – that really doesn't happen. And that, that adds a whole other aspect to Dynasty, you know, versus other leagues is you have the ability to – I could say fuck it this year. I could trade every single veteran player that I have and I could end up with picks. I literally in my league, in my dynasty league, uh, the other one that I'm in, um, it was like the fourth year of the league. I was dead last. So I just sold, I had rookie picks one through nine. I got the first nine rookies off of the board in 2018. And that clearly worked out for yeah. me as I've been the champion in that league two years in a row now, but like there comes a point where you can do that kind of thing and you don't get that luxury yeah. in redraft it just doesn't really exist i think it is super nice though that we made our redraft league a keeper league though because mm-hmm. it at least adds an element where you can try to maintain some of your success year to year rather than just completely starting from scratch i think is i think it's great i don't know if that i'd want to do a traditional redraft anymore now that we've done the keeper league i i definitely like the redraft leagues i i, I mean i'm going to continue to do just about any league that i get asked to join yeah, let's be real here um but i think like even not doing keeper league. Cause we've this. So this league that you joined Kyle, like it's been a keeper league before. And then we had a bunch of turnover with owners. So we didn't keep it going, but like this, I mean, this league has been going on for like five or six years at this point. Um, and the keeper aspect um, we're doing it differently this year than we've done in the past. In the past when we did keepers, we were just like, keep whoever you want. You get to keep two people. Um, and, and that's it. Whereas like what I stole from Ryan um just to brought, just to bring it to this league, I've done in other leagues too, is where you, you get them and then they're a draft pick higher than where you took them before. But even then, like that adds a whole nother layer to things. Cause like I was talking to you about it. Like, do I take Cal, do I keep Calvin Ridley who I took in the fourth round of that draft and keep him as a third round pick? Or do I keep CD lamb 
as a 10th round pick. Like it, yep. there's, there's a value proposition there too, that you yep. have to consider, which again, it's why I like dynasty so much and why I like keeper league so much because it adds, it adds more to it. I think there's more strategy involved in that style of league, both from the draft perspective and just from like a team management perspective. The reason I love it is because I had a huge benefit from it. My team was absolutely terrible last year. And then I ended up picking up David Montgomery on like basically for free in the late from a literally for free. I got him for some terrible. terrible picks that I didn't want. I can't even remember what the trade. I was just trying to look it up and I don't know. Right no, now. it wasn't, you didn't trade anybody. So no, I he, did trade. I no, I thought you picked him up off of waivers after Panico dropped him. Say. Oh, that's right. It was somebody else I picked up. I did. I got him on the waivers because yeah, he was wait, out that one someone day. Someone saw Montgomery. So um, I got to laugh. Um, so what happened was. Well, dude, Panico just like last year was, his team was terrible too. He was the oh, only one that was worse me. than me last year. And so he just like stopped caring at the end, but he just was not thinking about the fact that we we're going to keep her league. So David Montgomery goes off, but then he has that one game where he's out. And yeah, he of, was out. So he started Cordell Patterson to beat my yes, brother. But and because, dropped, but yeah, instead of dropping Cordell. somebody else, like <laughs> dropping like a backup quarterback or like an extra defense that he had for whatever reason, he drops Montgomery and Kyle just picks him up off of waivers. And now Kyle Montgomery was like a ninth, seventh or eighth round pick. So like Kyle gets yep. like a, a potential top 10 running back in like and a middle, middle throwaway is Justin round. Jefferson that Jake dropped at, the, at like the third uh, I think it was week three, maybe that you dropped Je- Justin Jefferson after his production. My team, was there, it, I, it wasn't, oh, it wasn't it his production. My team was just hurt. Like I had a bunch of injuries. Well, so he didn't I had, do much in the first couple weeks of the season. Yeah. It took him a little while to like kind of really come out of the, as hey, really the I, number two. I can still say that I drafted Justin Jefferson in every single league that I was yeah. in last year. I, Whether I, it was a draft league or a dynasty league, I had so many shares of them. I traded for him straight up for Jamison Crowder. That's probably the biggest mistake I ever made. That's a oh steal. My God, that's hilarious. Yeah. That guy made me. Lo- and I'm a Crowder fan. Dude, I love Crowder. I've been trying Crowder's to. Crowder's my boy in PPR leagues. In our dynasty league, I've been trying to trade Crowder to Kyle since draft. Dude, he tried to. I sent him like Crowder a. I sent him like a trade uh, a week. Rashad Perriman for Corey Davis. That's like, so fair. That is not fair. How is that not fair? Corey Davis is going to be like by far the number one in New York. There's just no way that Jameson Crowder. Isn't Perriman a free just, agent? No, he just got signed, didn't he? I think I think he caught think a deal. He was a free agent. He just got signed by another team, right? Yeah, I think so. Rashad Pyramid. Yeah. Oh, the Lions. Well, yeah, he's going to be the de facto one there. Thanks for not taking so. that trade. You think he's going to beat out – he's not going to be able to beat out Quintez Cephas and Tyrell Williams, who's been hurt for the last two years? I don't know. We'll see what Tyrell Williams does in the draft too. this year, too. Tyrell yeah. Williams, too. Well, I, I like Tyrell Williams. Williams. I liked him a lot when he – he, he was a free agent. He signed oh, with. No, oh, he's gone. Right. Wow. Didn't he just he just signed somewhere too, right? I don't know. I've not been following the NFL news. Lately. He signed with. I don't think so. He signed oh, with Jacksonville. Jacksonville, right? Yeah. Jacksonville will be doing that business. That, I mean, that you want to you want to talk about a loaded yeah. offense Dude, next year? Jacksonville's going to be fun to watch. Marvin Jones, a healthy DJ Chark. You have LaVisca Chanel, who might be one of the most like physically talented players in football. You know, they're going to, I think, especially with Urban Meyer, like using like the way that Meyer has been so successful, at least in the college game with like, gadget guys, guys who can run, you can line them up in the backfield. You can throw them out of the backfield. You can spread them out wide. Like he loves that type of guy in that offense. I think that he's going to be you a already huge know who the quarterback's going to be. A, so it's going to yeah, be, a, you, you know, they're, it's going to be a fun offense to watch for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that. I wanted the one one in the rookie draft. I wanted it, but I couldn't make the trade. So hey, I'll 
What do you have? 103 now? Is that what you ended up with? Uh, no, I have 102. Uh, yeah. one two. You want to swap and fall back to no, 104? No, I don't. I actually thought about it when you offered up the 104 trying to make a trade with you, uh, but I didn't see anything that I really wanted to trade down for in the draft. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, where you guys are, where you're going to get a top, you know, a top two quarterback, you know, in that yeah. 102, 101. I, like, I personally think I'm probably if I were, you know, watch. what was that? I'm probably going to get Jamar Chase with one oh oh 1.08, like a wide receiver or something like that, or like Jalen Waddle. I don't think he's going to fall to I was going to – Chase isn't going to fall to you because I have four and six, and he's he's probably one of my top – So, I, and we could talk about, you know, this rookie – we could talk about this upcoming rookie draft too real quick. Like, yeah, I have the one oh four. yeah. I have the 104 and the 106. Like, I, so I'm fairly confident the first three picks are all going to be quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be some combination of Lawrence and Fields are probably going to be the one and two. Um, and then I think Logan's got the three, right? I don't know. He traded the three. He traded the three. Hold on. Check the order right now. Uh, Hugo. So Hugo. Oh, yeah. Because Hugo and Logan's lost. So Hugo will probably go uh, either Lance or Wilson if I had to guess. So then it comes me at the four. Um, the, one of the picks that I traded with from AJ, um, and since it is tight end premium, I'm, I'm thinking about Kyle Pitts there. Um, I'm thinking about Najee there, you know, the running backs while there's not, I don't, this is a very shallow running back class. I think like your first, your first four guys are really good. After that, you have a lot of guys who are very contingent on the roles that they receive. And if they get lucky and kind of outplay their analytics a little bit. Um, but like they're at four. So I've got a couple routes that I can go Panico at five. He's expressed to me that he likes Najee. He's expressed liking a quarterback there as well. So, it, you know, I think that his pick will ultimately depend on who I take. Um, Cause I'll probably be between either one of Lance and Wilson Pitts, or chase. And then at six, Dude, the one that I'm really excited to see is where Pitts goes. Yeah. I'm excited I, to see where Pitts goes in the draft for sure. I, are you talking about like the actual NFL draft, like seeing what team he ends up with? Well, both. I want to see where he goes in the NFL and I want to see where he goes in our draft because depending on how that goes, I might be willing to trade up to try to get him in the at the end of the first, the beginning of the second, because I've got the late second round. So based off the mock drafts I've done with Ryan, he definitely wouldn't make it past Ryan at the uh, well, actually, Ryan doesn't even have a first round pick because he traded no. me his. Yep. Sure um, so. Yeah, you, you could maybe trade there. I'm going to be honest with you. It's going to be hard for Pitts to get past me. Like, well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm talking about trading up, whether it be with you or somebody else, but I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm also, just because you brought it up, I'm not 100% sold on fields either at the 102. I'm not either. So I'm definitely, there's a lot of consideration going on of I'm going to take a quarterback. Like you already know that that's happening, but it might not be Justin Fields. So who are you thinking more like Wilson or, or Lance? I mean, those are really like your, your top four. Well, that's the funny thing, right? Is like Wilson kind of just came off the scene as like nobody in the draft, like conversation until, I don't know, six months ago, whatever, you know, people mm -hmm. start watching film on Wilson and they're like, Holy shit, this dude's good. Yeah. And he is. It's just, so the, the thing that you have to consider when looking at Wilson though, too, is that the level of competition in his league in college was not the same thing as Trevor Lawrence. Right. So or Justin Fields for that matter. So really you have to kind of think about how he's going to be able to perform the next level, but uh, he's, he's awesome dude. So Wilson's definitely. Up you, look, there. you look at the physical traits there though. And I think that's something like, I think I understand the competition argument, but I think there there's like a level when that stops being as big of a thing. Like, yes, 
his competition wasn't as good, but you also have to consider being at BYU, his wide receivers weren't as good. Like name, name the top two targets on his offense. You can't No, like nobody, unless you're a super big BYU fan or super deep into the NFL or like the, you know, the NCAA, like you're not going to understand, like you're not going to really know his wide receivers, but also like, like you're saying, like this is one of the situations where the film really takes over too. like, you can watch his film and the man, can throw on the run. He can be thrown off of his yep. back foot and throw a 45 yard dime into double coverage. Like the, the arm talent is there. It's going to be, I think obviously, you know, you're going to have the, the, whether he can truly read defensive schemes or can he read college defensive schemes? Cause they're way different. Um, playing against the pressure of the NFL. Like when he gets yeah. pressured by an NFL defense, what's going to happen? We'll see. Yeah. Right. I think, I think, I think, I think you have this to have that here. I'm sorry, Jake, but uh, I think Zach Wilson is going to no, have you're, that Josh Allen rookie type year, and then he's going to make that jump in his second mm-hmm. third year. That's what I think about um, Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. Like they're going to have that rookie year, twelve touchdowns, eight interceptions somehow, right? And then they're going to take the next progression mm-hmm. to the second and third year. I think I think Zach Wilson and Trey Lance will be really good quarterbacks in this league. It's just a matter of what you guys said. It's just about playing in the NFL with that pressure and going through those progressions on defense. So that's all. That's all it takes. I, I also I also think they're landing like for those two more so than than Fields and Lawrence. I think their landing spot is a little bit more dependent yeah. too. Yeah. Like like I think Wilson Wilson is probably the second safest in my opinion draft pick that you can make at the quarterback position. I think T Law is the clear one here um, in my opinion anyway. Um, yeah, but I do think I think Fields is the most physically talented quarterback in the draft. I think his like his arm strength is second to none in my opinion. What he can do, like the plays that he can make happen, they're insane. But he's he, you know, I don't want to hold it against him, but like we haven't seen him go to his second and third guy at some. But that's also just because he never yeah. really had to. Yeah, his, his first guy is getting open and he's throwing dots to him yeah. and, and it's just working. Like I think when it comes, especially Lance, like Lance really only has like one full season of play again against like lower competition given he didn't throw a single interception um and he threw two picks in his one game i think that he played in 2020 um but again like if like i would absolutely love to see him sit under cam for like a year or two in new england i think that their their place like their skill sets are so similar um i also think lance's skill set is very similar to Tannehill's. um people forget that Tannehill was a four five runner coming out of college and that Adam Gase ruined him. (laughs) Like Adam Gase, the quarterback kill, the actually just team killer. Um, But like coming out of college, like their skill sets are very similar in my opinion. So like seeing him sit for a year or two behind somebody, obviously you don't want, you know, a high rookie pick, you know, at least from a fantasy perspective to sit for a year or two, but if it makes him a better player overall, like we saw Aaron Rodgers sit behind far for what, like four years, three years, four years. That's a consideration for me when I picked up. Kirk Cousins, because I can get Kirk Cousins can buy me a year, right? Like he can buy me a year, probably two years, while I wait for whoever my he's what like thirty one, yeah, dude. So like, and I don't, from what I've seen, he has no intent of hopping out of the NFL anytime soon, and now he's throwing Justin Jefferson. So I'm excited about having Kirk Cousins there, and watch, that's why I took him late in the draft, so I can buy a couple years while I wait for whoever I pick as my rookie QB to develop, if they need to. You know what I mean? If they don't step out as the instant starter somewhere, it's fine. I've got somebody else to back mm-hmm. me up. And also, Kirk Cousins at 31 is an insane value. And I'm, I'm going to stick right by that. I mean, I know they're my division rival, and like I'm a Bears fan and all that. But, like, dude, I, like, the, 
I would I would kill to have a quarterback like Kirk Cousins on my yeah, dude. He's team good. fantasy team or my NFL team. And that guy can throw 300 yards. I don't care how many interceptions he can throw or touchdowns, but like like I mean, I'm pretty sure he went into the Megadome or the Superdome, right? And he beat the Saints with that Kyle Kyle Rudolph touchdown, right? I mean, he, he like what two years? Probably three or four if, if he's healthy and he can stay healthy. He can give you that three or four year ex- ex- insurance and then you can move on yeah. to the that's insane. Well, and you, you, know, you, that's why I bought Burrow early because I needed the yeah. youth talent that's going to be lasting in my dynasty league. But then now I've got the fallback of I've got Kirk Cousin who's going to buy me time, right? At the very least. And so if I pick up Wilson and he needs a year to develop and sit behind somebody else, I don't care. I've got him sitting there waiting to come up and be the starter somewhere that's going to be fantastic. We'll, we'll obviously talk about it once we do that seven round mock draft, Kyle. Yeah. But I would absolutely love to see Zach Wilson get drafted by uh, i just apparently want to see all these guys sit for a couple years but if he went to atlanta and he sat behind matt ryan for two years like that could be insane because wilson's clearly got all the physical talent in the world you know all of these these top four or five guys do like it's just ultimately going to be like landing spot dependent and like having a good teacher like that is a thing that i think is extremely underrated um like we've seen it be we've seen it work we've seen it not work too like we've seen guys who sit behind veterans and it doesn't help their career at all but like a a vet like a true veteran like matt ryan who's been around forever who's worked with a ton of different you know he's worked with different head coaches different skill set players different you know you've been all around like a bunch of different people like he can build a quarterback i think himself like i want to see like what wilson could do like sitting under a true vet like that yeah, that'll be really interesting to see what Zach but, will do and guys like Trey Lance. But, like, another thing I wanted to add was I just forgot it, but, like, I'll get back to that point, is that when I was talking about Kirk Cousins, it's just, like, you get that insurance. And, oh, wait, no, Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow's going to eat his second year. I think he's pissed off. I think he's going to have 30-plus touchdowns. Oh, yeah, if he, com- if he comes back healthy, especially if they continue to build, like – if they like improve the improve that offensive line, like they already they've already made a couple like I think good signings and like uh, they signed Riley Reef, which I think was a huge addition for them. But like if they go right, they have him now. If they go Peeny Sewell um, yeah. in the draft here, you know they're getting a top well, offensive tackle. You know yeah, that's why I, I thought it was a killing too because I pick up Burrow and then literally the next round I pick up T Higgins and I was like, you're gonna love. Yeah. I got the match. You got that. It's gonna just it's gonna eat. The connection is gonna be insane. Like I think Cincinnati by 2023 are going to make the playoffs. I think they will. Yeah, they're going to be contenders quick here. Huh? I don't know about next year, but they could be knocking on the door of the Cleveland Browns to try to make the playoffs, try to, like, push them out of the way. Like, I think with Joe Burrow, with Joe Mixon, with the improved offensive line, and I've seen Cincinnati's defense play, um, and they can play when it comes – when their backs are against the wall. If they, if all those things come to um, fruition, I think Kyle, you really scored on that Joe Burrow pick. Yeah, that's what Jake actually. But texted even me like I picked up Joe Burrow, and he's like, "Damn, dude, that was a solid pick." <laughs> I was because <laughs> he I was, was falling well, back Kyle in the draft, and I, and I was just waiting. Yeah, I was. I was the next pick. I was going to take Burrow, and then you took him, and I was like, "All right, gotta go running yeah, back here." Let's watch. Um, but wow. But I mean, you look at it though, and like, especially in our league, but like, I see it happen a lot, like going back to your Kirk Cousins thing, we're like a quarterback that can buy you a few years. Yeah, like insurance. quarterback, like quarterbacks that aren't relying on their legs, like they can yeah. last. Like the, that Tom Brady pick, like Tom Brady, he's going to still probably be a top NFL quarterback yeah. for the next two yeah. or three years at least. Yeah. Like, so, and, and you got him in what the, like, you got him in the, the 11th round, but like Matt, 
Matt Ryan going in the 12th, you getting Kirk Cousins in the 12th. Like, and dude, we've already talked about, I got Tannehill in like the 11th, like, like you these veteran quarterbacks that fall in dynasty leagues just because they're old, like you, you're, they're still going to be competitive quarterbacks for three or four years. Yeah, we, and we just talked about this too, but when, or I think right at the beginning of this podcast, but the, the floor for a quarterback is just so much higher than any other player. Exactly. So you look at a veteran, like I agree. Tom Brady or Kirk Cousins who are throwing to some just amazing talent. Yeah. And they're going to stay in the league for a couple of years, or, yeah. you know, at least a few more. So yeah, they can get by just by their skill position guys carrying them. And I like, fell into this trap a little bit at some of the other positions, but going for the youth, like you said, which was kind of my strategy here. And we'll see how it pans out. Cause I was trying to find people that it weren't like so speculative. Like I'm taking CD lamb, who's obviously young, but he's also already fantastic player. And like, we know, he's already putting up like wide receiver two um, fringe wide receiver one numbers. Like, so, and that yeah, was without Dak. Yep. Yeah. And then I like grabbed DJ Moore and Rojo and, these guys that I'm like, I think they're, they're already the talent, but they're, I know they're buying me time. So at some point in time, I had to take some of these older guys that are just going to buy me time at some of those other positions. And that was really the quarterback for me. Like I didn't have the chance to grab one of these young superstars, but that's why I'm looking to give me right. At least after the first year or two. Yeah, man. I'm excited. Yeah, no, obviously, obviously guys like Baker Mayfield, the guy, they, they're, he's going to get uh, Odell back. He's going to have Donovan's people, Jones. He's going to have Jarvis Landry. He's going to have his two tight ends and his two pass catching running backs. So, I mean, to me, Baker Mayfield was a no-brainer, man, because, like, he's got that support yeah. and he's got that offensive coordinator now and Kevin Stefanski to bring out the true potential in Baker Mayfield. I don't care what anyone says about Baker Mayfield, man. He's a good quarterback in this league. Um, Dude, I love Baker. I love Baker. I love Baker Mayfield. This place was fierce. Yeah, he had a – he had a bad second year, but like that, yeah, it, that like, shit happens. Like once they, once they found, I think Stefanski, I think you make a really good point there that he brought a whole new offensive perspective yeah. to Cleveland. Yeah. And like, once that offense can establish the run, Baker's still going to throw three touchdowns a game. He's yeah. still going to throw like 200 to 300 yards. He's not going to be a guy who's going to come out and have a Mahomes game where he throws fucking yeah. 400 yards and six touchdowns. Like it's just Burn not going to happen, yeah. but you don't need like, like we're saying, like, especially in a super flex league, like, you just you're shooting for that floor a little bit, especially if you know, like for you, you took Cam Newton, a, a now starting quarterback in the NFL, yeah. in the 26th round of our draft. The second, like the third to last round, you're you got a starting quarterback who who adds the rushing upside that I always talk about being so important. Yep. Like right. Cam's gonna Cam's gonna vulture eight touchdowns next year, just being on the goal line, and he's just gonna run it. Like, like you're gonna get. That, that I'm excited to see now is that. Jake also talk about that one guy that says that Jalen Hurts doesn't have like the top ten rushing ability. Man, Get out of here. Shut up. going to be very good, dude. They're using to eat his words. I know it. He is. Yeah. The thing that's going to be fun to see again now, too, is with Odell back in or for, you know, receiving from Baker, we've seen pretty repeatedly that Baker tries to kind of force the ball to Odell. So I'm curious if now going into the next year, if he's going to kind of figure that out, that that's not the best play for him. Because when Odell went off the field, Baker just went off. He's yeah. so good. I think Odell will be pressure like a- to get Odell the ball. Yeah. He's going to be so more. We'll see what happens now. Yeah. I think he, when he tore his ACL, I think maybe Stefanski might have it easier on him for on uh, Odell. Maybe like reduces receptions and targets and try to focus more on Jarvis Landry because Jarvis Landry catches everything. And I've been betting him since week nine, man, and he's been killing those sixty-yard props, fifty-five yards, just like throwing twenty, thirty dollars on those. Just easy money, man. Because that's yeah. what he, that's who he's looking for. He's looking for him, Austin Hooper, or Donovan Peoples-Jones. Or, like, if he's, like, 10 yards away from the end zone, he's looking for, like, Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb. And, like, dude, that, that Cleveland team is just so good. Like, I don't know I, I don't know how, like, you mentioned, like, how Odell is going to, like, change that. But, like, you know, if he, like, stays and just maintains, like, a decoy, I think that Browns offense is going to be even more better. 
it's just going to be down to Baker's decision-making when Odell gets back Absolutely. on the field, yep. like making the right decision and not feeling like you have to throw the ball to the superstar just because he's the superstar on the team. Like he's obviously the clear number one, but you can't yep. force that ball to him every single time. Exactly. You've got some other, uh, other targets too on that team too. You got to spread, spread the ball. Around. I'm sure yeah. I think Steph, you know, Stefanski will do that in the second year, just to try mm-hmm. to sit down with Baker and understand other, other targets that need that. So, I mean, like I'm excited for Cam. Um, he's got those targets now. Uh, Baker's got uh, got those targets now, and Do- Tom Brady you already know what's going on in Tampa Bay. So I guess like the the low risk, high reward QBs on my roster are kind of showing. But like now, I just have to like uh, worry about injuries now to see if, yeah. they, if they'll get hurt now. Yeah, I mean, like the quarterback position specifically, it's obviously something that I targeted a lot in this draft. Like I'm one of the only teams with like more than four quarterbacks. But you got um, a good stack though. You got Mary. Oh, yeah. You got who else? You got um Hertz. You got you got um you got Patrick Mahomes at one 0 Yep, I got Mahomes, Tannehill, Hurts, who are three guys that I'm super high on. Um, yeah. Each of them have top ten quarterback potential. Um, and if they're, if you know, if they're as long as they stay healthy, if Hurts is the starter this year, like I literally think I have three top ten quarterbacks. Um, Jimmy G, who again, that was just a value thing. Like if that guy he doesn't, he's not going to put up phenomenal numbers, but on yeah. a bye week coverage or something, or maybe he, maybe he goes starts to go off this year, and I can flip him for something. Um, and then you know, Mariota was like my second to last pick, and again, it was like a guy who is here. He's got that rushing upside when he does play, and there's rumors of him potentially being released or being traded. So like if he goes somewhere and becomes a starter, or even gets a chance to like compete for a starting job, like his value skyrockets. And it's again, it's one of those things like Kyle's talking about where you can stash a position a little bit and you just flip them a little, yep. you know, flip them for, for talent later on. I love that idea, man. I'm, I'm going to try to see what I can uh, try to get out of. Like if anyone needs a desperate Tom Brady in like week eight or week nine, like, I don't know if anyone's going to trade for uh, Tom Brady, but I mean, uh, just have to see what, how the season goes, I guess. Yeah, man. The thing that's interesting to think about with these dynasty drafts too, is that, you know, after round one, right. So like you've got every single top 10 name off the chart happens like just how much talent is going to fall to these like round two round three and i just i'm curious to see where this ends up going because i just excited that's where i lose my knowledge because i just i don't pay that much attention to college football frankly Mm -hmm. at all and so i'm able to like track down the the top 10 players for example in the case of this league and i kind of know who those guys are and what i want and what i'm looking for but after that like i just i never put the effort in to really do the research at the lower levels of the draft so I'm curious you gotta start doing these mock drafts with me, well. man. Like I was, like I was telling AJ, like the third round in this draft is almost like in this rookie draft is almost one of my favorites. Like there's so much wide receiver. So this is a very wide receiver heavy year, um, as opposed to other years. Like the the running back talent kind of drops off after the first, like I said, the first four guys. You have yeah. your Najee, you have your Etienne, you have Gainwell, and you have Javante Williams. And then after that, like again, it's a it's a lot of fringe guys who are super role dependent. But the wide receiver talent in this draft is super deep. Like there's like legitimate starting wide receiver talent that's going to go in like the fourth and fifth round of our rookie draft. And so obviously like, so wide receiver is, is like a, a super deep position, at least talent wise this year um, in the rookie draft. But like you're saying, like once those top, you know, quarter, those top four quarterbacks are off the board, you're looking at like Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, Jamie Newman, like guys who are going to be frankly backups in the NFL. Yep. And it's like, but like you still need those positions, obviously like, you know, especially yep. like a team, like, a team like AJ's who only currently has three quarterbacks on his roster, like in a later round of the rookie draft, like he almost, he, he almost needs, in my opinion, to take some of these extra rookie quarterbacks in the off chance that they do become something like you need that depth and dynasty, which is why, especially like a league like ours, where I have it set for us to have super deep rosters. And they're obviously just going to get deeper and deeper every year as we continue to, you know, to draft, like 
we're going to be, you know, we're hopefully this league lasts forever and we're looking at hundred man rosters. Um, but it won't go that crazy. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll figure out a way to we'll, kind of restructure. We'll, but... we'll go for a couple of years. So keep this game together for a couple of years. Not only yeah. do you need the depth though, dude, like you're talking about, but you need the handcuffs. Like if there's one thing that I've learned playing fantasy football, you have to own your handcuffs. Oh, yeah. so if somebody else has that over you, you can be so screwed, man. And so, like you said, these guys when, are going to sit and be the backup to some other quarterback, but you still have to have them on your bench because what happens when your dude falls out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, look yeah. at Dak Prescott, man. Ooh. Dak Prescott in the, in the redraft league this year, he gets injured so fast, and then you're stuck with Andy Dalton for oh. the rest of the – so, like, what's your backup? What's your handcuff? And, first of all, I wouldn't want Andy Dalton to be my handcuff. But that being said, like, you have to have the depth there like you're talking about. So, to have somebody else's handcuff. Exactly. Yeah. You know? I mean, you made that, you basically made that your strategy towards the end of the year last year. Like you just had every handcuff. Yeah. So like, so you I, were like, you're like, I'll trade for notice, that was my, that was my strategy at the end of the dynasty draft too, or in the late land, uh, late rounds of the dynasty draft. I'm just taking everyone's handcuffs because yeah. as soon as they have a player that falls out for injury, I can get a draft pick, especially in the dynasty league. I can flip that. You, for, you can get for a draft pick. You could get you know? like super talented players. Cause like, yeah, uh, like Latavius Murray, for example, he is not the running back that, Alvin Kamara is he never will be but the way that offense feeds the running back position he becomes more valuable than half the running backs in the league just for being a running back in that Saints offense I've never been in a league where I didn't have him on my bench for real I swear you always have Murray like I've always had Latavius Murray I I you tried to trade him to me when Kamara missed that game with his foot or like had that bad game with his foot and we didn't know if he was going to play you tried to trade him to me luckily I passed but yeah Oh, man, it's just the threat of Kamara going down is always there, and so right. for every position, it's there. But Kamara's had the injuries, so it's always a threat. And having Latavius Murray sitting there just waiting, I'm like, hey man, he's gonna eat. Give I'm me that pick. <laughs> yeah, man, it's the the depth aspect of of both fantasy football, you know, and real football is is extremely underrated in my opinion. Like, I picked up Giovanni Bernard when Mixon went down last year, and he up, put up yeah. like four 20 point games in a row. Yep. I had Wayne Gallman. I flipped him for, for talent. He had like four 20 point games in a row. Like these guys, you know, there's a value in being a backup. Like there's a value in having those backups on your roster. Like they, like I had Russell Gage because he was the backup to Julio and he was the backup to Calvin Ridley. He had multiple 20 point games, you know, especially early on when they were all healthy and they just had, to, they were just spreading the ball around. Like these depth guys, you know, their names aren't pretty to have on your roster like you don't you don't want a bench clogger, obviously, but like when these guys get opportunities, they put up damn good numbers. That was a funny thing too. Is last year he sent me a text and he's like, "You did, Jake," and you're like, "Hey, dude, pick up Giovanni Bernard. Like, I know you're hurting at the running back position. Do it." And I can't remember who I picked up instead. Who ended up being good? Like it wasn't a bad pickup, mm-hmm. but I, then Gio fell to you, <laughs> and of course, yep. he just goes off for the rest of the season. Well, it makes. I texted Kyle for like four weeks. I was like, "Hey, Gio, put up twenty one point two. I'm just saying, you would have won if you had him in your lineup. Yeah. Like, I was just, I was not letting him." I was trying to help him out. You bro, he passed. I said, your loss is, uh, what's it? Your one man's trash, another man's treasure. <laughs> and then Gio won me like three, like three games. Cause he was putting yep. up 20 points in a flex spot. Like, sure did. yeah, man. I mean, like, dude, like, honestly, this is my first dynasty league. So I'm just like, really, really excited. I mean, honestly, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to compete. Com- well, sorry, not commute or whatever I was saying, compete. Um, but like, you know, I'm hopeful, you know, obviously you guys with Tom Brady, um, the targets that he has, uh, you know, I got Darren Waller, your favorite tight end in the NFL. Um, you know, I was, I, man, I, I just, I, I could not pass up on Darren Waller. If I took someone else instead of Darren Waller, I would probably would have killed myself. But man, like, I just hope Derek Carr 
stays healthy. I don't think yeah. that's more of an issue. I think um, if they sign a quarterback, like I think Darren Waller is more like he's like he could play with any quarterback, to be honest. Like he is a tree, um, lines up as a wide receiver, but is classified as a tight end. But like, man, dude, I would not want to line up across Darren Waller. Man. He just kills people. No. Yeah. I, I, I would not. You know, he, I mean, he's a converted wide receiver. He's obviously got that skill set. You know, he runs a four, 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 five, forty. 40, you know, and even given all the, you know, he's, he's fought past his demons. He's obviously, you know, carved out a really good career for himself in the NFL to this point, you know, two elite seasons there, especially in our league. Like I think what he went undrafted too, right? I no, uh, that's actually fifth, sixth round. Somewhere very low. Like he didn't go I'm, up rounds. I don't, I don't no, I'm blanking on this now. Uh six Remember, round. Yeah, he, he was a six yeah. round pick um on a Georgia Tech. Um, but like, you know, he had you know his issues with substances. Yeah. Um, uh, he got converted to the tight end position there in Oakland, and obviously he's shown out since, but especially in the league like this, like a tight end premium league. Yeah. Um, for those who aren't aware, uh tight end premium, uh to make the tight end position a little bit more competitive and relevant, you add um X amount of PPR. Um, so in our league, for example, it, we're full PPR for every position except for tight end. They get one and a half points per, per reception. Um, some leagues will also do like tiered PPR, where I believe the way that I've seen it most frequently is wide receivers get a half point per reception, running backs get a full point, and then tight ends get a point and a half or even as high as two points. Um, so like in a league like this, like Waller is a third round pick, like in redraft leagues that aren't tight end premium, I don't go tight end early. Like I, I'll like in our league, Kyle, I picked up Johnny Smith off of waivers and then he was a top 10, a top five tight end for like the first six weeks. And he yeah. still finished the season in like the top 12 tight ends in football. Like you can do that in redraft, but in a, in a league like this, like, you know, you getting a guy like Waller, like that sets you up for success at that position. And, you know, at a position that is weak overall, like we talked about it when I did my tight end rankings, like you basically have tight ends one and one through three. And then you have tight ends four through six, but then like tight end seven through tight end 20, like you can make an argument for all of them. Like, it's just not a, it's a, it's a deep position in the sense of there's a lot of talent at the position, but it's a position that's just not valued the same by all NFL teams. So like you're, you're kind of limited there as to what kind of production you're going to get. There's a lot of leverage in the trades to the tight end position too. Yeah. When you do the tight end premium, that is. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm sorry for cutting you off there twice, Kyle, but like, oh my God. No, you're good. Like, like I, I think that's how these NFL teams look at the tight end production. I mean, like, for example, um, I'm, I'm not going to take the Chicago Bears as an example. I would take, let's say, for example, New England, right? They just threw $87 million to two tight ends, man. Like, I think they have a, obviously, they have a plan to do something with those two tight ends. I don't think they're going to draft Kyle Pitts anymore. I think, you know, before these two signings, I thought, like, maybe. New England actually might draft Kyle Pitts at like 10 or nine or wherever they're picking. And then we'll get like Jamie Newman to sit behind Cam Newton and then turn him into like one of the best quarterbacks that I ever looked. Like Jamie Newman is one of my sleepers in this draft. I think he could oh, yeah. be I think yeah. I will, I'll take the Chicago position on this one because I've got Cole Komet, man. And that's that's one of the places where I find so much value in him looking forward is he's such a young player, man. He's like 21, right? Going into I think he'll be 22 going into the next season, mm-hmm. but he's that was the uh, the trade that was countered to me was I offered the one one or the one two the two nine and Blake Jarwin like I said before for the one one and he came back and was like no dude give me Cole Komet instead of Jarwin and I'll do it and I, I no way man wow. there's just too much talent there going forward into the future and I was not willing to make that trade yeah and and you see like 
the way that Chicago's, at least the way the current offense runs, like it really values the tight end position uh, as a pass catching position, but also in the red zone. Like there's a reason Jimmy Graham finishes like a top 15 tight end. And it's not because he's, he's not fast anymore, but he can jump, he can get up, he can do jump balls in the end zone and he'll score, you know, seven to 10 touchdowns. When that, when those veteran presences are gone, like we recognize already, um, that like, you know, we'll, we'll wrap up here um, in a second, but you know, we, we realize that the tight end position, like, especially Cole Komet, like he's a better route runner. He's got better hands. He's going to be a better blocker than Jimmy Graham ever was like, you know, and, and you have to project forward in these positions. And that's, that's something I think Kyle did really well in this draft. Um, I know we got to, we got to wrap up here. Um, we got some, we all got some stuff to do today, but you know, um, any, any final thoughts on, uh, on, on uh, tight ends, Kyle? No, man, I'm just excited for this season, man. I'm, Happy to have been here to talk with you guys about it. Obviously, I have a new perspective in the fantasy world uh, and really in like getting into the in-depth analysis of the NFL in general. So it's, it's fun to come and talk to you guys that have had a lot more experience than I do. Yeah, man, we'll definitely have you back on at some point. Kind of, the, we'll do some like season updates throughout the uh, throughout the year and get you back on here. Yeah, it's absolutely, really man. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it was really fun having you on here, Kyle. But like, this is again another edition of the Fantasy Oddscast, folks. Uh, we will talk to you next week on some other fantasy football and football news topics. And thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks. Listen to Two Average Husbands each Thursday now that me and Jake are running that podcast. We'll give Third. you guys a link to that as well. Stop on in, have a couple beers with us, and uh, see the random shit that we talk about each week. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, everybody. Stay home, stay comfy. Peace.